0: Welcome to Remixing the Narrative. Remixing the Narrative is a podcast that discusses the issues and topics that impact children, families, and education. Through dialogue, we discuss the good, bad, great, and ugly with the hopes to promote change. Tune in to get expert advice and tools to help the whole family. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Remix the Narrative. I am so excited for tonight's conversation. Thank you all for joining us this evening. Um, Whether you are watching it live or in the replay, this is definitely going to be a topic that I believe many will benefit from and a conversation we will all engage in. So if you are watching and you are um, watching from Facebook or from YouTube, do know that you can engage in this conversation with me and Dr. C. In the comments, any question, Any responses that you have, I will be moderating that as she's speaking, because tonight is really about us just learning how to shape our identity, which I believe is so powerful and needed during this time at any stage of our lives. So as you're coming in, please, if you're on Facebook, share it. If you're on YouTube, um, you can share it as well. And we're going to jump right in, because I'm sure we have a very meaty conversation for tonight. So I'm going to, without further ado, introduce our lovely guest dr c and so i want you to just have a floor and just introduce yourself
1: to our audience before we get started well thank you Jerema. and first i want to say thank you for having me on uh, your podcast and again congratulations you are j- you. you just won a an award from the mayor of chicago as one of the phenomenal entrepreneurs that will pour into your vision and I am so proud of you and you you know we've had this conversation many months ago but you know 2020 wasn't a bad year for some people right and so I believe that you're going to continue to soar as you continue to pour into the community of Roseland and I can't wait to come to Chi-Town yes I can't wait for you to come either (laughs) so my name is Dr. Sineda Morse and um, I'm a native Washington Tony Neiman. However, I lived in Alexandria, Virginia, all of my life. And um, I am a author, an educator, a mentor, a consultant. I'm a mom. I'm a Nana. I'm your sis. I'm your neighbor next door. I'm your aunt. Um, I'm a round-the-way girl that had to learn how to shape my own identity. And I am so glad that I'm able to take my life experiences and share with others that will help them understand that they can soar and dream so that's who i am in a nutshell and um, i look forward to this um, engagement and dialogue
0: yes yes and as you're coming in again welcome to the remix and narrative podcast our title tonight is shaping our identity and we're going to jump right in because if you don't know what you will learn very soon that dr c has a powerful testimony And um, you will just see how she's able to really impart with us some great knowledge and jewels. And so I want to jump right into your book. Ah. Her book is entitled (laughs) Beyond the Four Blocks of Memoir. And I want us to go there because I believe when we're starting to help people understand their stories and how they can shape their identity, they may wonder, like, who are you? Like, what's your story? What have you been through? Um, How can you connect to me to tell me? that I can reshape my identity. So this is just a perfect time for us to be able to hear your story and then we will get into just like the meat of this story. So
1: you got the floor. So Beyond the Four Blocks is a testament to God and my faith. And it tells the story of a little girl's journey from a young age growing up in Alexandria, Virginia, Mm -hmm. all the way through to present day, I'm now Dr. C the journey by far was not easy. Mm. But just like in Esther, there was preparation in the book of Esther before she could become queen. I believe it was, I'm not, you know, I'm not a Bible scholar, but you know, I know the Lord, right? (laughs) Before she could become queen, there was a 12 year preparation and she went through something, right? And what I take away out of Esther, when you think God is not there, He's there all the time. And I know we have heard our big mamas, our nanas, our Medeas, and the old saints in the church. But he really was there all the time. And, you know, yes, I would like for you to read my book. And I would like the feedback. Um, it took a lot for me to pour my life out on the pages, to expose myself and be vulnerable. But it's not about me. Because that happened in my life. Things happened in my life. I'm not going to give away um, all the little, you know, breathtaking moments. But the person that you see now was not the person 30, 40, 50 years ago. And there was a lot of shaping. There was shadowing that shaped my life and perception that shaped my life and what people thought I should be, or shouldn't be, or said the word you cannot be. And so there's an old saying, he who lives it knows it best.
0: Uh, and I, lived
1: it. I lived it, I'm in the prime of my age now. I'm a baby boomer. And I thank God that he allowed me to turn my life around and shape my own identity to fulfill my destiny. And that's what this book is about, faith, love, forgiveness, knowing who you are, and sowing to your greatest potential. I love it. I love it. I need you to
0: see that you are getting a lot of love from this chat. Oh, thank you, everybody. (laughs) My Morris. I'm plugged in. Um, We got Zach Morris there. Peace and blessings for all.
1: That's my son.
0: Hey, son. And we're about to jump right into our first question, which is, what are the things that shape our identity? Because I think a lot of times before we can get into um, just really like peeling back layers and trying to become new, like we have to really identify what are the things that are defining us now? So what would you say are some of the things that maybe you can go into your story that have shaped your identity or you believe truly
1: shapes our identity? So honestly, our family, our foundation, who we are, our ethnicity, our race, our culture, then modern day, you know, of course, religion. But our children nowadays, our parents, we really, really need to pay attention. So social media and the access to advanced technology shapes our children's persona, their personality, who they aspire to be. Those things are impeding, and they're multifaceted, and sometimes they're contrary to what our foundation actually is sort of shaping who we are. You know, what people perceive us to be often becomes what we try to be, but it's not who we are supposed to be or destined to be. You know, now the added sprinkle of social media, access, advanced technology, everything's at a rapid pace. my grandchildren's generation is just amazing at how quickly that they learn and they are so accustomed to modern technology, advanced technology, accessing. Um, you know, I have a 15 year old grandson who I'm very, very proud of Zaire. Mm-hmm. He's building computers. Oh. And I remember when he was an infant, I would hold him. He's the first of my my five and there's more to come. I'm saying that. I don't know if my kids are online, but I'm saying <laughs> that. I would, I would lay him on my lap as I was typing my papers. Now, I was typing on an old clunky computer. I was just blessed that I had a computer. Mm. But he heard that sound. And now, you know, sometimes I, got, I have an iPhone and he has to say, Nana, this is how you do it. And I'm like, slow down, right? But just... You know the concept of what you feed into your spirit. Yeah. You can become. So if it's competing with your faith, your religion, your ethnicity, your culture of who you identify with, those are conf- conf- they're like the conflicting forces, which causes a lot of distortion. Yeah. So the core being of influence is normally when you're small, it's your family. Yeah. Right. And our family, sometimes they're not always right. And we think and we put our parents and our grandparents on pedestals, but we sh- we're we human and we make mistakes. Yeah. So we now must be cautiously careful of what we're pouring into our children's lives and shaping their identity. Have conversations. Has anybody had a conversation with the little sonata as to what she wanted to be. I can't think of one, Mm. you know? So there's other things that caught my attention that I thought, I want to be that, or maybe I could be this, or (laughs) you thought you wanted to be that, but then someone said, you can't be that. Mm, But you have to ask the question why, right? So there's a lot of competing elements of influence that often shape who we are as a young age. But we can change that. This generation can change that because they can be more supportive and nurturing and helping to shape this new generation of advanced technology and who knows what, they'll be flying cars soon. (laughs) I I really believe that. I really believe that. I don't know if I will live to see it, but you know, people maybe 50 years ago didn't think that planes would be flying as fast as they would, right? That we can go from point A to B at the speed of light. They're gonna be flying cars one day. So yep. let's document this this exactly, right that we said <laughs> that, right? So we have to be prayerful and cautious and and speak life into our children's mm-hmm. being.
0: Yes, we are totally in the line because that goes into my next point, the power of words in your identity. Oh, so I didn't want to speak over that because you hinted to it quite a bit in what you were <laughs> there just now. But I think it's really important for us because this podcast is just a, not just about us talking about shaping our identity, but how that really impacts the neighborhoods we live in, the families we grow up in, who our children grow up and believe they can be. Um, you know, I, I just think words are powerful, and so I want to speak to that because you know I'm an educator, you as well, and I've seen by the time my kids come to high school, so many people have either spoke death or life that's into death. right that's right right I have students who come in and they already
1: have internalized I'm a failure. They feel so, that they're defeated. They're, they're so defeated hard, and why am I here? Right? Why, why know, should I be here? That's and, right. And I remember
0: distinctly like you know we have parent teacher conferences and I remember having a conference with a mother and one of my students, he was a young man and she had like some of his other siblings and you could just tell like in class, right? when he was around his peers and talking, he was lively. You know, he had personality, but for whatever reason, when they came into her poor car pickup, his whole mood changed. And I just started to see like his interaction with his mother, right? And just kind of like the interactions they had. And she was like, "Miss Worm, how can I help him? You know, cause he always lazy. He don't be doing his work, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting here thinking like, ma'am, that's not who I encounter when he comes to class, you know? And I even had to tell her that like, you know what? I think what he really needs is just to
1: know he has support. Right. You know? So so he <laughs> saw something in you where he felt that he had an opportunity to make a difference or he had an opportunity to be successful, right? So yeah. if you're continually speaking death into a situation, I cannot, I I'm less than. I am not beautiful. I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. I'm not yep. everything that is negative. There is power. There is life and death in the power of the tongue. I believe that. And sometimes when um, I rem- I remembered in in when I was going through my dissertation sp- mm. phase. Now talk about a journey. That's that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast, right? It is not for the faint at heart. And yeah. I don't know if any of my scholars are on here, but. You need to surround yourself with a support system. And that's the same thing when you're trying to shape or reshape your identity. So there were times that I did feel like giving up and I felt like all hope was lost because life gave me sucker punches. I mean, Mm -hmm. it just ripped me to the core. You know, as much as my children cheered me on, you can do it, you can do it. I needed to see or I needed to hear words of affirmations from my mentors or other colleagues that were going along the journey or had been in the journey before me. So that's yeah. that whole whole theory. He who lived it knows it best. Yeah. yeah. I needed people in my life to tell me, Sineadah, you can do this. Hmm. Sineadah, you are made for this. Sineadah, don't let this um, defeat you. And so what I did was I started using post-it notes, and I, and I use this when I counsel or mentor students, adults, etc. I started sticking sticky notes in all the places that I go every day, all day. One was the mirror. One was the refrigerator, and I had them everywhere. Even when I left out the door, when I came in and walked into my bedroom, I had words of affirmation to continually pour into my spirit now some people might say well you wrote the words why would you have to stick them on stickies because i visually saw them yeah it reminded me that i am more than a conqueror and i can do all things through christ who strengthens me it was more than me just going to church on sunday and the pastor is just preaching his you know preaching his heart out and giving you the word but what happens when I walk out that door? Mm-hmm. So I had to have him in the car where I, t- I moved the gear shift, I would see something. And I kept them up until I completed my dissertation. I love it. I also surrounded myself with persons, not all at the same time, but at integral parts of the journey. When I needed to reach out and speak with someone and they talked me off the ledge, they were there for me. So the same holds true for students when when your child says, "Oh mommy, I can't do that. It's too hard for me." There's always a window of opportunity to show a child how they can be successful. Yeah. And there's no, and because a child wants to please their parent. They want to please their parent. They want the affirmations of their plant parent. Never use the words and, and you know, I I haven't always been a perfect parent. I mean, all of my kids are adults now and I'm a grandmother, but, you know, you learn as you go. Right. Mm -hmm. So never use the words that tear down who they are, their smartness, their intellect, their ability to learn. Um, We all have different levels of learning. So what parents need to do and even for adults, what we need to do is find another way to use appropriate words because words are powerful. Yep, Words are very powerful. You speak things into existence. Some people believe that, some don't. I believe it, right? You keep speaking things as though they were. That's that faith walk, right? I will become Dr. Morris. I will become an author. I will become an educator. I was told that um, had I not um, taught on ground that by the time I finished my doctoral program that I would never um, be able to teach online because, you know, online was kind of like taboo and it wasn't considered as equivalent to um, brick and mortar. Well, here we are, fast forward 2020 and 2021, and the phone's ringing off the hook because now they need their expertise. But to fast forward for as many of the, of, of the words of negative connotation that said, you won't be or you will not be able to. You know, I learned after many years is like I'm I'm going to take what you said I cannot do and I'm going to show you I'm not going to be boisterous. I'm not going to be bragful. And I started working online and I've been working online for now over seven years. Oh. So don't tell me what a little faith walk and holding on to God. And when you get knocked down, you get right back up. And if you can't get back up, you pull yourself up the base best way you can. You can do it. And so when children hear that, when young adults hear that, um, when adults hear that, they will try and try and try and push. But they have to have the right type of environment, words of affirmation and positive reinforcement that they can do it. So those words are very powerful and very meaningful. And they do hurt when they are meant To cut you down and and deprive you of who you really are. So, we have to be careful of what we say out of our mouths. We do. And, and, you know, even what you're
0: sharing and what you just, you know, described and just even your own journey, I think that even going back to the story about the parents, I've learned that a lot of times when we speak negativity or we may not see it in somebody else, it's probably because we didn't see it in ourselves, right? And also, just because it didn't happen for me doesn't mean I need to speak that on someone else, you know? And so even that circle that you talked about is so important, like, you know, grad school, it's about being around like-minded individuals, which I understood because it doesn't help me if I'm in grad school to talk to my friend who's like, girl, I hate school. I'm not trying to do school. You know, I need that motivation. I need that encouragement. Same thing I've learned even when it comes to character things, Right. It's so important, like you just said, as you know, we're talking to our kids, you know, I don't know how many of us on this line, cause I've definitely even said it myself and I had to catch myself cause growing up, I really was not a fan of geography, like geography, maps, you know, all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Like, I just can't. And so um, immediately when my son brought home some homework that's connected to that, I'm already like, oh, I'm not I'm not into this, I can't do this. And I would see that so many times again, when I would have, like I said, my report card pickup. And say a kid didn't do good on my math, the mother like, well, you know what? I wasn't good at math in school either. So, you know, is that's yeah. excuse yeah. why he can't excel or she can't excel. So a lot of times I think we can say that because we might see it as a deficit in ourselves. Yeah. But in order for someone else outside of us to really propel and become who they want to be, we got to speak, like you said, that life. And I guess that goes to my next question is, can we reshape our identity at any age? Right. Some of us might feel like we're too old to, to change who we are and, and others feel like maybe, you know, he's he, he or she has heard this for so long. I mean, it's so ingrained in who I think my character is. Like, what would you say to that?
1: You have to have a willing heart and a willing mind and you have to be open to feedback, critical analysis. I remember when I decided to go back to finish And complete what I started many years ago. I felt that I was too old and boy, I wish I was that young now. Well, maybe I don't. (laughs) um, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm getting ready to go back to school and I'm gonna be the oldest person in the room. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. I already had this in my mind that I wasn't going to fit in and it was going to be difficult for me based on everything that I've gone through and based on what I was told you know like you know you you're not you're not cut out for a four-year degree that's what I was saying. you know you you I think it would be best for you to go to um, a two-year a two-year college I was like okay I went to Howard I did not at that time I did not complete but um so I was like I have to do this and I have to do it now right and so When I walked in the room, to my surprise, I was not the oldest person in the room. The oldest person in the room gave me so much incentive when I heard their testimony. They did not look like me. They were not from the same ethnic background as I was. But listening to their words of their desire to complete a journey that they had not finished I knew that this was my time and I knew that I had to keep going and come what may, I could not, I couldn't turn around and something came over me. I mean, I was like, I I, I remember uh, my daughters were saying, like, you kind of made like a public announcement, like, look, I'm going back to school. Everybody think for themselves. I mean, I don't even know if they're on here, but (laughs) I knew that I had to do it now. I mean, there was a lot of other stuff going into, But that that passion and that commitment. And, you know, I went head in first. And it was scary, right? But I had to do it. There was something that was burning on the inside of me. But what, what caused me to take that step, that first faith walk, I had surrounded myself by educators. I was working at a high school. And... They kept talking to me. They kept telling me yeah. to validate who I was, get the credentials. I had a story to tell. I could help because I always had a passion for youth. I always had a passion for at-risk youth because I was, according to society, an at-risk youth, so they say, right? Um, so there again, somebody's labeling you. Somebody's labeling you that you're at risk. And I don't want to say risk, students are risk, students are at use. They are students that need some guidance into helping to shape them into who they're destined to be. That's okay. all. They, sometimes students just need somebody who believes in them yeah, and to help them show the way. And I was that person at that high school. I believed in those students and I got rolled my sleeves up and I took my knowledge, my competency, and I helped navigate some of the waters that they were going through. So what I was lacking was my credentials. And so when I went forth, I knew with a vengeance, like I had to, I couldn't turn around. And so the age will play a mind game on you, but I say, don't let it. Don't let it because again, I go back to the book of Esther. God prepared you for such a time as this. It wasn't meant for me to finish when I had to finish my journey is the way that it is because this is the journey that I had to take yep. to become who I am. And I've come to grips with that. Cause you always say, man, if I'd have done that in my twenties, had I done that in my thirties, had I done that in my forties, that wasn't who Dr. C was supposed to become. Yeah. This is the life that I was handed the day that I was conceived and he prepared me for it so I can help others. So I can tell anyone that's listening on this um, podcast, that whatever you dream or soar to be or become, don't let the blinders in the shade of others dim out your light. Mm. You got to press forward. I love it. I love
0: it. We have a question that I'm gonna pose, And again, I know people are <laughs> coming at different times. So please feel free in the comments to pose a question. If you have a comment, if you got an amen, if you are in agreement with what we're saying, put it in the chat. Um, we will have at the end um, Q&A for those who are watching live and then also Dr. C just to give you a little heads up I would love for you to read something from your book so kind of think about what that will be before we get to that Q&A part but I'm gonna um, pull up the question because it's right in line with what you just said so you talked about the you need being open to feedback right and being open to reshaping who you are you need to be open to accepting those things maybe that are hard to hear the question is from the audience what are some strategic ways to allow oneself to be more open to critical analysis and feedback because you know sometimes that can sting. (laughs) so what 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 can oneself do to actually prepare themselves
1: for that kind of conversation so even though a lot of us say and i'm going to say us we we say we want critical feedback. We always want to hear the good. We always do. That's just the human nature. We never want the critical feedback. But what I, what I have learned to do when, when you get the critical feedback and some of it stings, you can't allow your emotions to cloud your sense of judgment and thought. And you sometimes have to step back and not be so quick to respond and be defensive and you get quiet time with yourself. And what I do is I'll say, what part of this God do you want me to learn from? Mm. Because there's always room for improvement. What could I have done different to impact the perception from the person that was giving me the feedback? And that takes practice. That does not come overnight. You know, you have some people that if you're in a dialogue and you're giving, you know, if you're just having a conversation and you're saying, well, you did this and I feel this kind of way. Before you can even finish your sentence, they have already Mm -hmm. in their mind what their response is going to be. That is not a willingness to receive feedback. Communication is two ways. Mm -hmm. There's a receiver. There's a giver. The art of communication is to carefully listen. You have to listen. And when you start realizing your errors, your fallacies, you then build a strategy to change that around, just like you want to shape. So if someone says that you are always, um, you're too talkative. You never listen to what I say you might think that you're not but then you set you 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 train yourself to say if i'm in a conversation i'm going to purposefully listen to what others are saying and when the opportunity presents itself then i will talk because some of us you know our culture we talk with our hands and we're all over the place and you know then you might have someone say like for me um i can I don't have it so much now. Maybe I've refined it, but before um, it was, you know, I was intimidated. You know, your presence in the room is intimidating, and I would get I would get upset because I'm like, I just walked through the door. I didn't even open my mouth. I had to own that. See that that's the key. I had to own it, but it took a long time for me to own it. So, depending on the setting. I never deny who I am. I never deny my presence. I just, I'm a big girl, right? I'm six feet tall, I'm a big girl, so that's who I am. I'm gonna have a presence when I walk in the door. I don't slump over, I, that's just me, right? So I purposefully, depending on the setting, I make certain that my presence is well received, maybe elegantly, maybe in a jovial way, depending on the set, setting. Um, So it is not taken offensive because people are so quick to grab onto the negative. Right. And it will just diffuse your intention of what you were there for or your contribution, if it's a group or if you're speaking. And so, unfortunately, it takes practice, but you have to own it. Not everything that somebody says about you is true. Let me just put that disclaimer out there. But Mm -hmm. when you're getting critical feedback, say, like on the job. Right. You're getting critical feedback from your students. Students don't like critical feedback. They want us to say, great job, great critical analysis, great APA, seventh edition formatting. You did a wonderful um, job, you know, on um, finding the analysis and the da-da-da-da-da, and the CFM and the, you know, the BGE. So that's all strategic management. They do not want to see Dr. Soneda say this paragraph was not well written. It is not conducive to the meal paragraphing format. You did not follow the APA. Here are some recommendations. Here's how this sentence should be. They blow a gasket, right? They they get all defensive. Like I tell them in the beginning, the beginning of the class is for you to learn if you don't know how to write at a graduate level. Take the feedback and embrace it. Learn from it because your final paper is worth 40 percent of your grade. There's a silver lining. I'm showing you how to restructure this paragraph. So when you're 40 percent of the grade paragraph, your paper is turned in. You'll have an A. So the same thing when you have good management. I'm going to say this when you have good management, when you have great leadership, most leaders that are transparent, transformational, charismatic, they will give you critical feedback up front. To allow you enough time to reform, reshape whatever behavior. So I've gone from a child to in school to now professionals. I don't know the age of the person that asked the question, but it will help you reshape, refine your behavior. So, so then you can be the brilliant person that you really want to be. And and you know, ditto or everything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what stood out to me. Um, to, 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 so for that question, so that people can just be clear about what we were talking about, how we prepare ourselves. I think what you just said, even he said they said thank you as well. Um You're welcome. Even what you just said, I think it's also an understanding that we are unfinished, we're not the finished product. And I think a lot of times when it comes to our profession, well, this is what's helped me personally, knowing that I can always grow. There's always room to grow, like really having that growth mindset, understanding like as a mother, I believe I, I do my my best to raise my son the best way that I can. But I know that I can always grow. You know, when it comes to my profession, I've been doing teaching, you know, I've been teaching and doing this work for quite a few years now. But I know that there's always room to grow spiritually. I always have room to grow. In my relationships i have room to grow and i think when you come to a situation if you really are looking for feedback for growth you will take those moments to pause and say you know what as you said kind of sit with it because then i'm not going to be defensive i'm not here to defend myself i'm trying to see what's the nugget that i can take that can help me just continue to grow and that can be hard especially when you feel like it's something you dope at like if i feel like i'm just the best at this what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Or, or you know, our defense could be like, no, I know what's wrong with you. But if we really are seeking to grow and really to be our best selves, we got to understand first, you know, even the person is coming from. Um, and in some cases, maybe the person isn't coming from love, because I, especially if it's coming from people that really know me. I'm like, you're not purposely trying to tear me down. You know what I mean? So if it's something you see, let me, you know, comb through it and let me really think about it. Um, one of my best friends, she always says, you know, when we try to get to the truth, it's our truth, their truth, and then it's the truth. Right. So it's the way we see ourselves. I'm not going to ever see myself as the person that started it. You know, right. That's and right. the other person, they're going to have an argument as to why I'm the start. But in some in both of those stories, we're going to get to the truth. So there's really understanding that someone's perception, even as you talked about, you come into a room that might have something all to do with them and nothing to do with you. But it also allowed you to be more conscious of the way you enter spaces. You know what I mean? And so, again, I might not necessarily be intimidated. That's not my my MO. However, I know that because I have a presence, I want to make sure I represent my presence the best Mm -hmm. way possible. So Mm -hmm. I think that that is amazing. So I see you going through your book. I know. You caught me off. (laughs) Sorry, guys.
1: I'm like, what am I
0: saying? Okay, so uh, Catherine Moore said, I can't wait to hear the chapter you select to read. So we have uh, some answers. So what I'm going to do, because I, I, I know I kind of put it on the spot, y'all. I'll put it on the spot a little bit. We're going yeah, go to go to our next question, and then we'll we'll go to the to the part of the read, okay? okay. So my next question is just simply what do we need to do in order to shape our life, our identity? So for instance, uh The last couple of weeks, if you haven't been following along with this podcast, please subscribe. We are live on all, um, all podcast platforms, um, Apple, Google, Spotify, also YouTube, Burst into Books. And this is really a platform for us to have real conversation in our community of ways we could be our best selves. And so last week, our conversation was normalizing therapy, right? And I think when you take those opportunities to kind of sit back and reflect on where you are, you can start talking what your next steps can be. Um, in, in different parts of my life and even currently, therapy is something I believe that's needed to help shape my life and I think this whole conversation of normalizing it is that I'm not saying I need therapy because I'm depressed, right, or because something is wrong. I believe in just growth and I know there's layers to who I am and there's things That impact my decision making and the way I interact and the way I view myself, and it's just really helpful to have someone who can come to me with a non-biased opinion to help me kind of sort through that, and be able to be someone that can help me be that listening ear. And that that took me kind of taking a step back and saying, "Hmm, what do I need to do?" Because guess what, drama is always on the go. Right. It's easy for me to distract myself from myself. Right. I got things I need to deal with. You know what? Let me just go to this email. Let me call this person. And so as I'm ignoring me, there's still parts of me that still aren't completely healed and dealt with. And we need to have those times. We slow down and we do inventory. Right. And so um, what do we need to do to order to shape our lives? I think for me, one thing I would say is think about what are the, the areas of lack and really going to those people that can help you in those areas. Um, Dr. C, what would you say? What, what do we need to do in order to? I know you kind of already hit some of those things, but what do you think are some specific things people should do in order to shape their identity?
1: So I'm going to tell anyone, and I've learned this the hard way. We have to take care of ourselves. I just heard Jarema said, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm going here. I'm running here. Um, I was one of those people just did everything, just spinning around on top of my head, you know, whatever, you know, whatever this, this, family member needed. I'm there, there. It's just part of who I am. But the body lets you know that it's an aging process. And you have to be healthy physically, spiritually, and mentally. Mm. I tell everyone in order for you, so I'm really big on vision boards or visions just, and we all talk about it. We all talk about, I'm going to do a vision board. I'm going to write I'm telling you, if you just got to take a piece of paper and stick it up in a room, you need your quiet time. Some people like to do yoga. Some people like to meditate. Um, getting in one with your, spi- with your spirit, the Bible, reading God's word, reading whatever your religion, religious belief is. You have to invest yourself because shaping yourself into the person that you are destined to become is going to take a lot. And I'm not, I don't want to deter anybody, but you have to be on 100. So you have to have a clear sense of mind. Um, You have to be able to network. You have to be able to say no. And it's, it's very hard, right? So when you, when you realize where you desire, where you desire, you want to go or what you want to become. My goal is to identify those in the industry, the business or businesses or industries that you aspire to own or become um and look at their background. Pull them up on LinkedIn. There's I mean we got the internet. Google is your friend. Look at their journey of where they were. I think the person, the um the young lady that um was the think she was the COO, I could be wrong, of Starbucks. She just now got announced as the, C, the CEO of Walgreens. Oh, I, I didn't see, see that, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. She has a journey, right? So if somebody's like, oh, I want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or of a major, you know, I guarantee you, look at her journey, right? Look at the investments that she put in the time. Don't just look at her educational background. I, I think she's a spelling Grant? I'm not sure, right? But look at her background, how many organizations she was in. What did she do for the community? And I'm a big proponent because I believe what you put, what, the more you give, the more you receive. And God will bless you that you don't have room enough to receive it. That's you true. can't be successful holding on to everything. Uh-huh. You can't uh-huh. because there's no more room, right? You got to let it go. You have to give it to people. You have to share. You have to mentor. You have to be advisors. I'm not saying everything is free, but you have to have a willing heart to actually pour into other people's lives. So to to shape your own identity, you need to have a vision, but you need to holistically be healthy, and this vision is going to carry you on a journey. Identify what you want to be. Don't let others say, if you want to be a graphic designer or an artist, or if you want to be someone that draws murals around at major city, don't let others tell you, that's not a job. You can't do that. That is very much a job. You've been paid great money, right? Because we look at the compensation. So size and monetary wealth does not always equate to success. There's You'll you'll hear most people that'll tell you, that'll be honest, that with as each level that you uh, that you attain in in the societal wealth there comes a lot of challenges right so i'm not deterring that's but that's just life right so if you want to become if you have a daughter that wants to to dabble in science and she wants to look in microscopes and she wants to look and she wants to get down dirty and and she wants to look at bugs or whatever or if you have a anybody that's interest, interested in forensics, and you might like, well, why would you want to do that? Don't deter them from that. Uh, think about how quiet Katherine Johnson was all those years at Nassau, and she, she had to carry that burden, and it wasn't a burden, but of being rejected because of the color of her skin. Her intellect was above none other in the room. She helped put that that astronaut in space yep but she couldn't in her culture they knew about it but why are we just now kind of finding out about it i have another colleague her mother is the same way out in california she's another Catherine johnson but she, as quiet as it kept she didn't want anybody to know she's retired now mm. and so think about the things that our children are just whether they want to become you know when i was growing up and god bless my parents rest in peace and i mean it was their time it was the era everybody wanted their child to be a doctor or a lawyer right mm-hmm. doctor or lawyer because in their mindset that's what was successful
0: i will say that you because in
1: their culture they're looking at martin luther king mm-hmm. they're looking at like your andrew youngs they're looking at thurgood marshall you know, they're looking at Charles Drew. That's what was success in their time in the 20s and the 30s. And, OK. Also remember out of every trial and era that we go through in trying to even like in history. So after the Great Depression and after the Spanish flu, here comes the Harlem Renaissance. I love the Harlem Renaissance. And it was all the creativity and all the fine arts and everything came to life. If your children are interested in fine arts, there are major universities that have phenomenal programs that you will soar in the School of Fine Arts. If it wasn't for the School of Fine Arts, you wouldn't have your Ruby D's, you wouldn't have your Lynn Whitfields, you wouldn't have, I mean the list can go on. Sydney Poitier, you wouldn't have Lena Horn, you would if you didn't have that broad that talent, right? You know, Denzel Washington. Yep. Chadwick Bozeman, you would not have them. Michael B. Jordan. You wouldn't have that level of entertainment that we look at on the screen. And you look at your scientists, you look at the, the scientist, the doctor that was on the team for the vaccine, the Moderna vaccine. Um, I have a daughter that's in STEM, she's a, she's a dentist. You know, I have a daughter that's an entrepreneur. Um, I have a son that's into the cyber each one of them have their own identities. And as children, you have to let them blossom into who they are because if you try to, and you know, of course, you know, I come from the old school, I'm a baby, but nobody wants to be a doctor or a lawyer. They didn't want to do that. That's not who they are. Mm -hmm. So write a vision board, identify someone that's recognizable in your world that you aspire to. It does not have to be somebody that's on the screen. Think about your village. Think about professors, think about someone that you know that if you wanted to become, if it's an educator, if it's a principal, if it's a math teacher, if it's a, a PhD, if it's whatever, identify them. Ask them, can you become their mentee? Mm-hmm. And then they then you're gonna have to be willing to critical think feedback, because you're gonna get a lot of it as a mentee. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. right? But then Roadmap your way to how do you obtain what you need to reach that goal. And don't be afraid when things in your vision board start to move and change. Because you change and you redevelop. And before you know know it, you're shaping yourself into the person that you want to become. So that vision board, and I say get a vision board and put it up in the place that's your quiet time. And you'll notice that your vision board might change once a year, maybe even twice because there was a shift in who you are. Mm. You might discover like, I really like the stage. I want to write plays, August Wilson. I want to, I want to act or I want to be behind the scenes. I want to be a production manager. You know, I want to be an animator. How do I make things move on the screen or You have a son that is always glued or you have an adult son or an adult boyfriend or an adult man. I know they're going to kill me if they're on here and they're on their PS5 or whatever. I don't even know what it is now. But when they were younger, were they so in tune with that, that maybe they just maybe they really wanted to learn how to develop that? And I'm saying, if you're so intrigued with that, why don't you learn how to develop that and own that company that makes exactly. it? Right? So we need to start thinking more entrepreneurial type, right? So the vision board, I know this is like a long answer, but I, I really want you to understand God's word says, write that vision and make it plain. Mm-hmm. Write God a note on your vision board God, I desire to become. Blah, blah, blah. Leave it there. Pray about it lead me to the right mentor, the right group of people. You will notice that once you start walking in your purpose, that your environment may shift or change. You will have to learn the two two letters and the one word, no. You will have to sacrifice some things. There's a lot of sacrifice in obtaining that particular vision that you want or you desire to become. But it's going to be worth it in the end. I, I guarantee you, it will blow your God will blow your mind. And the main thing that's going to keep you drive is your dedication and commitment to yourself. Mm. And, and for our little people, when they see parents be committed, they watch everything that we do. Yep. And they absorb everything that we do, that we say, that we become, that we don't do. And that shapes their identity. It's so true.
0: And I think even the question that we had posed as you were speaking was how do you keep from conforming to what other people think you should do? And I know you spoke to um to some of that, but it's even just like directly to um yeah, I, I think di- directly um to to that question, I would love to hear like what, what would be your response, Rochelle.
1: So you, so you know the saying, if it don't fit, don't force it. You know it doesn't fit. So mm. here's, here's, um, here's an analogy. Um, my family thought that I should play the oboe. My sister was brilliant in mu- music. She played the piano, the oboe, the clarinet, the bassoon. My sister. She's my oldest sister. So, and again, these are parents that were born in the 1920s. They thought I came like 13, almost 14 years later. They thought that I should pick up and play the same instruments. I wasn't that person. I talk about it in my book. And um, I played the clarinet. I played the alto clarinet. I played the bass clarinet. I love music. I tried to play the oboe. I didn't want to play the oboe. And it didn't fit. I couldn't play the oboe. You know that just wasn't me. I tried to play the piano. Now I wish I had kept that up. Um, That wasn't me. I'm I'm using myself. So you you know when it doesn't fit. You know if somebody's trying to in your family because everybody in your family, um, everybody's a lawyer. So this is a legacy. Everybody's a lawyer, and it's hands down. Everybody got to be a lawyer. And you decide, I want to be a nurse. <laughs> I, want to te- I want to be a teacher. That's my heart. You will be so miserable. No one can determine your success. No one. No one can determine your happiness. So there comes a point in time. Where, you know, When you're young, it's hard to tell your parents, no, I get it. And I'm hoping that parents are listening so they know to not put what they want the child to be let the child blossom into it and help shape that and mold that and create opportunities. But as, a, as adults, you know, when it doesn't fit mm-hmm. and you know, that uneasy feeling, and you know that I don't want to do this. So don't do it yep. because no one can determine your success and no one can determine your happiness. You have to be true to yourself. I love it. And I, and I think you
0: said, don't, don't force it. And so I hope I I'll that that stuck with you because I definitely up with me, I feel like when we're in situations when we make decisions that we know are contrary to who we are, it, it feels off, you know. And and anything you feel guilty about, anything you feel unsettled about, anything that you feel like out of place, um, definitely I believe that God gives us that discernment so we know what, what's supposed to be in our life and what's not supposed to. That's and right. She said, and she said, Thank you. You're um, welcome we're going to actually uh, appreciate your wisdom. We're going to uh, take a time to read and actually Dr. C, because I want people to really key in. So what you chose, I'm actually going to pull myself off the screen and it'll just be you. And then once you're done, I'll come back. But at this time you all, um, as we're coming towards the end, Dr. C is going to share with us um, just a little bit from her memoir and then we'll end with the
1: closing remarks. So. You got got the statement. Okay, thank you. So I've decided to read, and this kind of caught me off guard. It's chapter 38, and it's called Are You Bent Out of True? I welcome you as a companion on this journey, not yet complete, as I confront my life in the ways it was bent out of true, out of its intended shape, like a piece of fine wood in the hands of a bad carpenter, the culprit. Others' expectations, like you perhaps, I've spent my entire life trying to defy those expectations to shape the person I am meant to be. How do we discover the shape of the life we're meant to have? Do you remember the quote above taken from the forward to this book? It is at the center of everything written here. I hope it will prompt you to think about the expectations of others that might have you bent out of true a carpenter's expression for woodwork that's gone array Simply said, you were meant to be one thing, but became another. Nowhere near satisfying or no longer satisfying. Getting it right may have to do with you stepping into your true purpose. It might mean leaving a lot behind, all the boxes of stuff in your garage from that last move, metaphorically speaking. When I started moving, Toward education and its benefits. I shared the mindsets that no longer served me, inspired by my professors and fellow students. Now that I'm a professor, I keep adding to my skill sets as I work with talented students who are confirmed in their purpose as I am in mine. Why not be you? Be different and soar. Does this resonate with you? It does for me. It powers me forward. I have always connected with those who were somehow different. Is that because I felt different growing up? Or on the other hand, could we say I was actually always who I was meant to be, but didn't know it? Was I just spending overtime in the not so lovely duckling stage? Tall, big girl, awkward, not like my sister, not like the beautiful swan, but what my life proves is by God's grace, I was given a chance to fly, and I soared. Opportunity popped up, and I grabbed it. I believe that what my life demonstrates is all I needed was the right leaders around me. Now my purpose is to be that for others. And I'm going to end right there. Awesome. Awesome. I think
0: it's perfect alignment in what we what we've been talking about today and also as soon as I went out we had another comment from Ms. Naper who said thanks Dr. C for your words of wisdom. Thank you. Um, beautiful we're here from the from people listening. That was awesome. And we're we're really coming to the end of takeaways. So I love to after every conversation We've given so, I mean, you have poured into us this evening And I, I really am grateful for that I love takeaways because it gives people an opportunity to really just Okay, if I didn't get anything from this conversation, I got this I'm going to share the takeaway that I got And I would love for you to share what would be the one takeaway You would want people to take away from just shaping our identity um, You said repeatedly, and it, and it hit me because it reminded me of something My grandmother always tells me and she always tells me the power of no. And she even gave me a book about it. When I was in high school, um, I was talking about the power of no, and really not necessarily the power of no of just like just so you could dismiss people and not do things, but understanding when you have clarity about who you are and what you're supposed to do, I believe is really about the discernment of that. You know what? I have no guilt in saying that's not for me. So <laughs> no, right? That's every, right. every opportunity is an opportunity for me. <laughs> every relationship is a relationship I have That's right. to engage in. That's right. Every event, I don't have to say yes, I'll be there. Right. You know, and so she gave me that, and I remember when she gave it to me in high school, it was during a time where I really was a huge people pleaser. Uh, I didn't want people to be mad at me. You know, I wanted to be, you know, liked. I wanted, you know, I didn't want them to think I'm not their friend because I didn't do this for them, and she, I remember her just simply saying, Jarema, when you learn the power of no, That's right. it's going to make your life so much more peaceful. And now that I'm older, I understand that the more we are evolved and we understand who we are, and as you been sharing tonight, we are able to kind of like clear the weeds, you know, clear the weeds a little bit, and, and and you're able to maintain that peace of mind. So that was what I took from tonight. Just really, even going to um, Rochelle's comment about how do we not conform. I believe the more we come in tune who we were supposed to be, we're
1: mm-hmm. going to have
0: more um, conviction about our nose.
1: Correct. Yep. So what, what, what for you would you love for us to be the takeaway for tonight? So I'm going to leave you with this quote that I really, really love. And um, I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm nowhere near as fabulous as this person was. And this is mm-hmm. Dr. Martin Luther King mm-hmm. Jr., the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., We are going to have some rough days ahead, but be not discouraged. When you soar, I want you to fly. If you can't fly, I want you to run. If you can't run, I want you to walk. If you can't walk, I want you to crawl. But by all means, I want you to keep moving. And I wish everybody the best, and I want you to keep soaring and you know what that was
0: that was beautiful it on point <laughs> <And I'll also laughs> in the comments and i'm laughing because i'm like catherine now what relationship with you and catherine
1: catherine Moore. that's my oldest daughter
0: hey oldest daughter we need to tag team because she be ready i i was about to actually ask this is my next question and she already posed it i i'm loving it so as an ending because i'm going to have at the bottom if you did not see it earlier the ways in which you can follow uh dr c because we definitely need to continue to learn of your amazing work um purchase your memoir see what you're doing next
1: yeah Um, i'm in the process of um the beginning stages of writing another piece so amazing so you all
0: follow 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 instagram facebook um go to her website as you see scrolling below but this was really going to be the last question I asked before we ended. So, now that your book is out, what is next on your agenda? So, we know what to look forward to.
1: So, the next book that I um, plan on writing and um, just formulating and outlining it's more of a motivational piece, as you know, most a lot of people say it as if, if this wasn't, but geared towards self motivation, specifically um, to help keep us grounded in our faith and to use as something you can throw in your bag and keep with you or keep beside your bed. I mean, I have so much material inside me that um, one of the things that I will start doing is in the upcoming months is I'm gonna begin to start my own podcast of motivational moments with Dr. C. And so um, I, I look forward to being a guest on platforms such as yourself and also helping um, be a part of your um, academia team, mentoring your high school students, and so it's a passion that I've had for a very long time, and that I will continue to have until it's my time to um, make a transition. So whatever I can do to pour into the lives of others, that's what God has called me to do.
0: I love it. They don't. They don't want you to go yet, Doctor C. They oh, Lord, they want to go. <laughs> they keep giving me the questions. So. The first immediate question um, that we had is exactly where can we get the book? Because there's people saying, I have to get this book. This book is amazing. Exactly
1: where can they purchase your book? So this book is found on um, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Goodreads, Target, Hold on,
0: we still here, y'all. So as she's explaining, um, I know we may have some technical things, but you can at the bottom where it says dr C. Speaks LLC. Com, you go to her website, it has a shop that's where you can purchase her book. Um, you also can go to her Instagram and you can learn more about her amazing work and the things that she is. Doing. I don't know, I don't know
1: what happened, but anyway.
0: My, but I
1: I had your back. I you had my back, a, Yeah. So Amber.
0: Uh, yeah, so got, like, Amazon,
1: to go. <laughs> Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Goodreads, Target, Walmart, those are the places where you can find the book. And the one thing that I ask everybody, when you read this book, it really does matter to authors. I've had a lot of persons pur- purchase the book. I need the feedback, all types of feedback. If it's a one-liner, it does make a difference when you are a published author. And I do appreciate everyone taking the time to purchase the book um, to call me personally to give me their testament um, crying sessions i didn't realize it was going to have that much of an impact but um i had um it was just a long project coming i had to live it to this point and there's a lot more where this comes from Amen. Um, so
0: yeah, she did say you said Amazon
1: as well, right? For someone that Amazon. Said, yep. yep. Target, Target, Walmart, Goodreads, Barnes and Nobles. Awesome. Final
0: question. Final question. What is one thing this pandemic
1: has taught you? Wow. To be appreciative of the. I don't even want to say the small things. Just to be grateful. Yeah. When I sat in this house and I talk about the journey of the house, um, I thought about my parents and like, tag, they survived the Spanish flu. They survived the depression. My grandmother, my grand, you know, and, you know, it was just chaos everywhere with the pandemic coming out and the sense of fear that was beginning to seep in. True story. I'm gonna tell it quickly. And I found myself just like wanting to be under the covers and just saying, God, just take this away. What is going on? But then trying to be strong for my three adult kids. I like when they call like, hey, how you doing? But um, I had to push my way through and get myself up and I don't, I mean, I think jareema saw it. I started wearing head wraps because, you know, we get spoiled because we, you know, my hairstylist and, you know, nobody could go anywhere. And I'm like, but God, you have given me the necessities mm. of life. Yeah. And there were times when um, I spoke to audiences and I had colleagues that was like, doc, we need to hear that again. But then, you know, I got sick at the end, but I'm okay now. Um, but, oh man, just being thankful and grateful that God sustained me and he sustained my immediate family, that no hurt, harm, or danger has come to them. My close friends, I am just grateful. I am grateful. Um, Looking at the time that I spent, um, you know, you kind of say, well, there's things that I should have done, but I was able to have a lot of quiet time. A lot of quiet time. And some of my colleagues said, you know, you needed the rest doc, so God set you down. So um the gratefulness, the humble gratefulness that I was actually able to help others and, and, and throw in and, and not throw, but give seeds into others because I was in the in the ability that I was able to do that. So it taught me to remain humble because at the blink of the eye, everything can change. And to be grateful for the things that God has given me,
0: yes, yes, yes. So, I just want to, in closing, before we end, give you the last comment, which was <laughs> um, Angela said, I will purchase because just in 20 minutes of joining, I receive motivation. Thank you,
1: love and, you, Angela,
0: and that is just amazing. And I'm telling you. Yo, you're gonna have to push this, your daughter on the payroll. I'm just letting you know. She said you can find the links to purchase me out for blocks at the
1: bottom of her homepage and click on the store icon. I love it, I love it, I love it. Yeah, she's a phenomenal web designer. <laughs> she actually designed my web page, so that's a plug for her. She doesn't, you know, she's and kind it's of... beautiful. And it's yeah, beautiful. very talented group of folks. I got here. My Moore's crew, they're very talented. But she designed my page and um My youngest daughter, Dr. Morris, she was my photographer. And I need another photo shoot, but yeah. (laughs) I love it. So before we end, you
0: all, I just will always like to end saying thank you. Do understand that this podcast is just really to bring our village together. I truly believe everything we need is within our village. And we just need to have real dialogue and talk. And we're able to get jewels by just sitting at each other's feet. We're able to get resources that we need by just sharing them with one another. And you just really realize, especially during this time, you are not alone.
1: You're not so, alone. not
0: by yourself. Today's podcast is entitled "Shaping Your Identity. I hope that you walked away with some jewels that will help you, that you've learned, and you have an additional member to the family with Dr. C. <laughs> um, at the bottom, you see the remix and narrative. where You can subscribe. Please subscribe on our YouTube, which is Burst to Books. And then also on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, Remix and Narrative, and you will be able to get alerts when we meet every week for the new topic. So again, thank you, Dr. C for being You're my welcome. Family. Thank I, you. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. And um, thank you all for joining us until next time. Take care. Yep.
1: Everybody have a nice night. Good night. Yes. Bye-bye. Good night.